Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables, and I'm here to dive into someone who is so fascinating. She has accomplished goals that are on my list. She seems extremely fascinating. And we both, at one point in our lives, lived in a town with one traffic light. And so this is exciting. So Christina Lucia is an artist, creator, and author who ignites the imaginations of children and their parents through her limited edition animals and touching storybooks. Her humble beginnings in a small farm town, there was only one traffic light, sparked her creativity at a young age and her adopted home of New York City keeps her inspired daily. Curiously curated creations of Christina Lucia, features a magical array of warm, cuddly, and comforting creatures, along with their storybooks that help parents and kids improve their communication and deepen their relationships. Isn't that beautiful? Oh my gosh. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Oh, I am so excited for you to be here. Yeah, when I read your bio, I was like, I'm like, it's been on my list for a few years. I'm in the process of working on a children's book about resilience. (gasps) So I was like, oh, she, she's accomplished a goal that's on my list. I love it. I love it. So, you know, we're, we're here to talk about resilience. And, you know, you shared with me that the day you lost your mom, you received a sign from her that encouraged you to pursue your current path. Tell me about that. I did. I, I literally declared myself an entrepreneur about a month, not even a month, a couple of weeks before went, went on my annual Europe, one of my annual Europe trips, having a blast in Italy. And I come back and my mom had sent me a text saying, you know, I'm in the hospital with pneumonia, but I'm on the, on the mend. And we were at a point in our relationship where I really was having difficulty talking to her. There was a extreme amount of miscommunication for a lot of years. And those the, that around that period of time, it was becoming very difficult to speak to her for various reasons. And I got a call a couple of days later from one of my siblings saying, could you please call dad? Mom's really ill. And that's when I found something was wrong. So I immediately booked a ticket, found out my mom was stage four lung cancer. A week later, we lost her. And the day we lost her, and I swear, I'm my grandma's namesake. That's why I'm a Lucia. Um, my grandma's Lucy. So I was named after my grandma. And I remember there was a day, not that I remember, but there was a day when I was out there we thought she was going to go. And I went to the hall and asked the nurse what's going on because no one, there was no communication. There wasn't a lot of communication between us and everyone was very upset. And I know when you have, I, I realize you've been in this boat yourself. When you have a parent that's that ill, your job is to be positive. 
And I knew if I couldn't be positive, I needed to leave the room. And so I chose to leave the room because I needed to figure out what was going on because I needed a game plan. And the nurse told me, your mom's on a lot of oxygen. She's probably going to go soon. And I said, I don't want to be there for her last breath. Can you please give me a warning? Because for me, I don't, I want to remember people as they are. And I wanted my mom to remember my mom was turned away. And my mom came to that day. And so I told her, mom, I seem to go back to New York for a few days because I needed to recharge. And she passed away a day and a half later, the day before we were texting. And she told me our last words to each other were, I love you so much. And my words to her were, I love you too. Um, I was at a friend's house when I got the news and I got home, I opened up my mailbox and the night she was ill, I found out that she was really ill. I got this urge to go online and file for my LLC. And when I got home that day, I opened the mailbox and I held in my hands a letter addressed to my company. And I knew it was my mom and my grandma. And I knew that it was my grandma <laughs> that ran to God's office and said, God, give my daughter a few more days. So my granddaughter made a request and <laughs> you need to honor this. So that was my grandma that made her come to, I believe like that was my grandma's hand in the pot. And when I got that, that letter, cause I was between two different ideas for businesses. And I knew they were both saying to me, we need you to do this. This isn't just for you. This is for us. This is for more people than yourself. And I really believe that when my mom left this earth and went to the next life, I do believe my grandma met her at the golden gates and said, and said, Linda, she's going to get it later today. Trust me on this. She's going to know. And I do believe that. And the beautiful thing is that my healing, you know, it is an ongoing process healing, like the things that happened when she was on this earth, the things that have happened since, you know, it is an, um, it is a choice to heal. It is a choice to respect people's choices, including hers. Cause in the day our relationship was built full, solely on love. I, my pen name is Pisa and that's my mom's maiden name. And that was like a big part. It's been a big part of my healing journey that I chose to use my mom's maiden name so that, cause I am baptized Christina Lucia. That is my legal name. But the fact that I, chose to have a pen name and chose to be my mom's name was a big piece. And then the other big piece of this is that the first person that I told I was taking on a pen name was my sister. And it's moments like that where I see, I feel that sign keeps living on. Mm -hmm. Like my mom, my mom, one, I know in my heart and soul that my mom wanted certain things. And you know, I think she's really, really proud of that. And I'm grateful that I had the openness in my heart and mind to, to take that sign, you know, and also too, I know she, I can hear her voice right now. Please thank your grandmother. Please thank your grandmother. So I know my grandmother was there too. I'm from an Italian family. You, you know, I was just going to say like, I'm from a Jewish family and it's very similar. And I was like, she's either Jewish or Italian because of like the way you're talking. It's same, but like, we were not baptized. <laughs> No, so, no, I get it. I get it. But no, I mean, yeah. what that story gave me goosebumps. And unfortunately, I know 
I know what you, I don't know how you feel, but I, I could imagine because I, I lived it, you know, we yes. learned our mom had cancer and died three weeks later and yeah. it was, you know, she was 62, you know, my, my sister and I were, you know, we're still in our thirties, but she's younger and yeah. we got to be with her. We wanted to be with her. My uncle was there and my aunt and we were with her and it was a very peaceful exit. And, yeah. but like, there's nothing more painful in my experience than losing a parent. And I can confirm because I've lost both that I've lost one that I was close with, like my mom who raised me and my dad, Mm -hmm. I was close on a different level and we lost him there. There's just, it's painful and it's shitty and it's hard. And, you know, thank you for being so raw because it's, it is hard to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part that I found was difficult is around the whole situation. And I actually have a good friend who is, who has a parent that is very ill right now. And we had a conversation recently where she said, you know, I'm trying to figure out when he has to go into hospice. And I shared with her, cause like when my mom passed in the hospital and this friend is known my mom, knew my mom, her entire, we've been friends since we're 10 years old. We've known each other our entire lives. She knew my mom very well. And I said, I hope this helps in sharing it. I hope it helps people listening um, that may be in a similar situation that, because you know, she's in this point where she's trying to figure out what's best for her dad and what does her dad want. And I shared with her, you know, when my mom passed away in the hospital, at first I was very upset about it because my mom was a homebody. She hated hospitals. She hated medication and all of that. So from my, in my head at first, it was like, oh, this is what she did. She didn't want that. She wanted to be in her own bed. But then I found out through my siblings that she did want to fight to the very end. And it brought me such peace respecting her decision. And I really believe that our higher power, in our case, God has a way of knowing what we want. And he does put things in that path, you know, and that's, that was very comforting because I will, and my friend unfortunately is going through this right now, you know, when I did, when even now was be a couple of years, it's been three, a little over three years since I lost my mom and people continually project how they're feeling on me. Like you just did something really beautiful where you gave me space to feel and you gave me space to like share and have a moment to cry and have a moment to release the emotions. Cause a lot of times, not, I would say a lot of times, but unfortunately more often than not, I am very careful about what I talk about, unless I'm in a space like this, where I feel extremely vulnerable. I feel like I can be vulnerable because so many people were telling me when my mom was sick, are you eating? Are you okay? When are you coming? When are you going? I'm like, Okay, I'm the one that lost a parent here, people. Like I'm the one that lost a parent. So, and that's why on the flip side, now that I'm on the other side of the fence and I'm watching my childhood friend battle, like handle, like handle the currents and really ask themselves what, what the, I really don't know what, and I told you that I, if I could say the wrong thing, I'm really sorry. And gratefully, like what I said, she's like, I'm grateful you told me that it makes me feel a lot better because you know, you don't know what's in someone's head. Um, there's nothing more frustrating being told how to feel when you're in these situations and you're just like, let me feel like, please, you know, and it's not just that, but have you know, like, did you notice with your grief that like we're the ones who lost parents. Like you're the one who lost your mom, but like the grief made so many other people uncomfortable that they projected on you. Yes. And it's yes. so crazy. It's like, like some people, like I, I, you know, my both situations, it's sometimes some of the messages I got and, you know, it's, it's like, 
I know you're sad. Like I can imagine how sad you are. I'm sad too. (laughs) But like, I want to know you're sad. Like I want to know how loved my parents were, but it's interesting. Like, yeah, it's grief is so tricky and it shows up so weird and we all navigate things, but you know, people who've never experienced a loss, like the loss of whoever they lose, it's, they're trying to navigate it. But if you're like the primary family member, you're in a different position and they want to support you, but they're also grieving and they don't know what to say. And they say the wrong thing that we think it might be the wrong thing, but we know it's not meant to be malicious. Yes. Yes. And that's where I found I have to have grace with people. Like I had a family member recently in the past couple of months, reach out to me about something they were going through. And so I immediately go on like damage control mode. Like I called, I texted the following day I texted, but I found being aware of how I feel when people are projecting on me. When I call them later that week, I gauged how they were feeling. And I didn't bring up what they, they told me a couple of days earlier. Cause I felt from what I've learned from going through my grief. And then when I see somebody else go through grief, I feel the best thing that I can do is give them space and give them the choice of what, what they want to talk about. What do they want to talk about it? Or how are they feeling about it? As opposed to me assuming, oh my gosh, like they mm-hmm. can't get out of the bed today, blah, blah, blah. Cause maybe they can, maybe they are like doing better than they think they, they are. And there is, it's an awareness thing. And I, I agree. I think it's something that when we do go through it and I find like, that's like for me at my healing process, for me wanting to grow as a human, wanting to be a better sister, a better friend, like wanting to be someone's wife, wanting to be a mother, you know, and I am already an godmother. It's, I want to be the best version of myself. There does come this certain awareness and also this respect of what the other person needs in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it is, but it is a constant work in progress. I mean, it's not perfect. Like I always joke because my sister has a two-year-old boy and I'm completely in love with my nephew. And, you know, sometimes he wants the space. And when I see him, all I want to do is clobber him and just hug him and cuddle him. But he doesn't want that. (laughs) But it's this constant decision to be like, nope. You want to be a good aunt. If you yeah. want a relationship with him, you need to give him space, you know? Yeah. And it's no different when a friend or a family member is going through a, a piece of grief. Like even if we're grieving the same situation, the same person, like we're all experiencing it differently. Like I, yeah. like with our mom being gone, you know, one of my other family members reacted differently towards something that I personally was grateful it happened that way. And, you know, but I had to respect that. Okay. They, they saw it this way and that's okay. Like they have, they, they're human. They have the space to do that. You know I mean? They have the space to see it this way, you know, and that's also where it comes down with my mom, like respecting her, yeah, respecting her choices, respecting. Cause again, like I personally thought, oh my God, we, she did it. She passed away in a hospital. Like she would have hated that. But then when I heard from another one of my siblings or it was my dad who said it, that no, she wanted to fight till the very end. I realized, no, that's what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew it's my responsibility to respect her choice as a human, as a human to a yeah. human. Like Cause it was about her not about you. And you know, it's, exactly. did you, like, I felt like I didn't really grow up until my mom died. If it was like this piece yeah. of the puzzle where like, yeah, I'm an adult and I pay a bit like my taxes yep. mm-hmm. and I have a house, but <laughs> Like, you know, I'm an adult, but no, no. Like I really had to grow up when my mom died. 
Yeah. Like, yes. I was like, no, this is a whole new level of existence that I have to, yeah. a part of my heart is gone. And now I have to relearn how to live life without her. Yes. And that plays in, I don't know if you found this. So in Judaism, we do something called Shiva. You live in New York, so you must know Jewish people. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, yes. It would Shiva. And yes. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of family there. Maybe they're even listening. Hi, Auntie Pam, Uncle Benny. And so, um, it was COVID. And so we couldn't do Shiva. So it was me, my grandma, sorry, not my grandma, me and my sister, almost like my grandma, me and my sister, my aunt, uncle, and two cousins, but people were still feeding us as if there was 50 or 40 people. And it was a, it was great. Cause like, well, first of all, like I turned into a bagel, a Jewish hug must be a bagel. I turned into a bagel, but um, we got fed a lot, which was great. But what my sister and I noticed was like, yeah, we had like a month's worth of food, but we needed support like the entire year. Like, you know, there's right when it happens and people feel so bad. It's like, you know, I, when I'm looking at my friends going through hard stuff, I want to check in on them. And three months later, like, what do they need? Because I now know, cause I went back to back with losing parents that it took me a full year, a full year to start feeling like a functioning member of society. Yeah. And yeah. I needed that support. Like I needed people to still check in on me. I needed like my, you know, I needed to, like I ordered, I couldn't even cook. Like I ordered food. And so I don't know if you noticed this, but like, and I don't think it's to anyone's fault, but we don't think of it. You you know, you got to check in on your friends who lost a parent a year ago or six months ago or lost anyone because grief doesn't just go away. Like life goes on, but, and, and grief stays there and it doesn't shrink. You just learn to layer life around it. Yes. I totally agree. Cause that's what I felt. I felt the day she passed, I got a lot of attention, I got a lot of texts, but after that, it was like silence. And because I'm the out of towner, I saw other family members from, from my personal point of view, I saw them being surrounded with support. And for me, and that's been my biggest frustration is people forgot so quickly that I lost a family member. I was actually at dinner at a former friend's house about a month after I lost my mom, not even a month, a couple of weeks. And people started talking about this other acquaintance of ours who passed and then getting into all of this. I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, yeah. just lost a parent. Like what's wrong with you? And even, and something that I've realized with my grief is that there are certain days where I need support. Mother's Day, I want to be in my house. Like I send cards to my sister. I send all my girlfriends, our mommies. Like I take care of my girls. But on Mother's Day, I do a post for my mom and I sit and watch Robert Redford movies because that's our favorite leading actor. Sorry, which movie? And, oh, Robert Redford movies. Oh, okay. Robert Redford. Okay. Yeah, we just said that he was like, my. he's one of my favorites, one of my mom's favorites. Like when I miss my mom, I pop him Robert Redford oh, and the world is good. That's like- That's so I beautiful. I love that. You know, yeah. it's interesting. So my mom and I would watch shows like we're from, we, we live in different parts and I gave her access to my Netflix. And I'm actually really upset that Netflix is changing their model because I'm scared I'm going to lose her account because I still have it set up. But we would watch shows together and Grace and Frankie was our show. And so now I know it ended, but I I refuse to watch the very last episode because I don't want it to end. So I know what you mean. Like, I I think that's a beautiful way to honor her on Mother's Day and like probably her birthday, you might do something. Yeah, because her birthday too. I always watch her Robert Redford movie. Her birthday is actually May twenty third, so May is a big oh, month. And then yeah. I, I like I'm really into a million Gemini's. My godchild's a Gemini. Mm-hmm. Like I just attract all the Gemini's. And uh, so her birthday, I always watch her Robert Redford movie, and I always try to 
I, I do ask friends. I'm like, can we please go get a dessert? And this past year, I actually went to I uh, my favorite bakery in East Village, mm-hmm. and the waiter, the server was so nice. He gave me a candle, and we sang happy birthday to my mom. Oh. And then on her death anniversary, which is November sixth, mm-hmm. like I do genuinely like to have dinner with someone. Unfortunately, this year I had a falling out with a friend, um, which wasn't oh, pleasant, but it happens. Um, unfortunately, but that's another day. And I learned that the hard way because her first anniversary, I made a point to be positive. And I had dinner with a friend that night. It was all great. Her second anniversary, I thought it would be okay. And I wasn't, I was by myself. I was trying to work. I was miserable. Like I blew a fuse in our, like about our mailbox light thing. Like it was just a mess of a day. And after that, I realized Christina, you're a grown woman, but you need to be honest with what you need. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. Mother's day. You're okay sitting home watching Robert for movies. Okay. Her birthday, you need a Robert Red for movie mm-hmm. and you dessert with a friend. Her birthday, you need to actually be out somewhere celebrating. Cause like, otherwise, like I do get into these punks and, you know, and it's like, I imagine you might experience something very similar, but it's always when I'm by myself and it's always when like, I'm in my creative zone sometimes where I just start missing her or it's like around the holidays when I'm doing something fun. Cause like we're of course, Italian Catholics, like Christmas is our like haven. Like it's our, it's like our Olympics of Olympics. And it's funny because I have a lot of Jewish friends and they just joke with me. They're like, oh, it's your holiday. I'm like, but they all love my Christmas cookies. So like, it's hysterical. Oh, send them my way. I love cookies. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you got it. Um, I think, I think that's actually really valid. So my sister and I, cause my dad passed away on February 18th and my mom, February 23rd. So like not even a year apart. So my sister and I have something called grief week. It's like spring break for sad people. And we're just about to have our first annual grief week where we rented a house in Palm Springs because we decided, cause where we live is cold. It's better to be warm and sad and then cold and sad. And that we always are, our goal is to always be together and warm as long as we can travel. And, you know, maybe it's not always renting a house in Palm Springs that that was just the last place we went with our mom. And we love Palm Springs. Like I'm a golden girl at heart, but you know, what we did was like, so, you know, in between the sad days, we planned a trip to Disney for something really happy to do. But what you're saying is so important because on those days, like I'm learning how to navigate that. Like this year on my mom's birthday, I was traveling home from Mexico. I I got up early to watch the sunrise for her. And I was like, oh, travel will distract me. But instead I just sat with my own thoughts. I was like, okay, that's not what I should do next year. And then Mother's Day. Yeah. Mother's Day sort of like I think I just kind of honor her and I just like celebrate the mothers in my life. It feels just a sad day for me, but yeah, like her, her angel versary, like my sister and I are always going to be together. And like, unfortunately last year, unfortunately last year, it was like right after our dad died. So it was just there. I don't, I can't, I don't, I think we would, we ended Shiva and my sister and I, maybe she, if she was here, she would remember what we did, but you know, we have to find our ways to honor our parents. And like, I know that you probably still feel your mom and grandma and everyone around you. I know I feel that too. And I want to talk, uh, like we're coming to the end of the interview and I feel like I could talk to you forever, especially because we have a lot of similarities and like, you're my new friend. Um, you know, a couple questions before I like wrap it up because we didn't really talk about your books, but ever since you've lost your mom, do you find that like your relationship with her or anything that you know, through your life with her has inspired any of the books that you put out? All of them. All of them. We, um, unfortunately, we didn't have a good communication. Like the older I got, 
the harder our communication became. Like my mom was one of those people that survived on controlled environments and I have no box. I'm her wild child and I look like her. And so go figure, you have this kid that looks like you, (laughs) acts like you, has all your, has a lot of your interests, but it's like wild girl, like loves to travel, lives in the big city, like does all this fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And we actually had a really, in my early thirties, we actually had a really bad fight. And she said something to me that was extremely painful. And it wasn't the first fight we had, but it was definitely the turning point for me. It was one of those like bottom out moments. And I realized I have a choice. And so I, that's what got me into therapy and then my healing work. And that, so when I was physically injured and had a break from my career, I realized I can't keep living a double life. And I realized why I was living a double life and seeing that riff in communication and how it affected our relationship and how it prevented us from doing a lot of things um, inspired, inspired my mission. And it gave me the courage to take the step forward and be like, I need to do this. Like I need to do that. And the other beauty of the healing process too, is it, is it has for me personally, it's opened my heart and mind. And she does send me signs constantly to let me know, Christina, I love you. And I'm sorry, but I do love you. And so the funny thing, so I'll, I'll share a couple of the signs, like if it's a, we have time. Um, so the three main signs she sent me, um, well, actually there's, I just include four. So I'll, I'll include a story. And then there's like three of the signs. So when I was in Italy last summer, it was my third trip to Italy. And I was thinking, at first I was thinking I go to Greece and I'm thinking, okay, this year's side aside, this year will be Greece. But something in my head kept bringing Cinque Terre, Cinque Terre. And so I looked it up. I'm like, let me do Cinque Terre in Florence. And the first night in Florence, I'm wandering through the Piazza. And I, it suddenly hit me. I'm like, oh my God, mom, mom kept her promise. Because she always told me we would travel together. And one way or another, it never worked out. And it was various things from her uninviting me on a trip or her anxiety was really bad. It was just a million different little things. And I'm walking through, I'm like, oh my God, she's here with me. And she was free of all these anxieties. So ever, anyone that's been in Cinque Terre knows like you're on, you're on cliffs, you're swimming in rock waters. I mean, I loved it. I loved every moment of Florence, every moment of Cinque Terre, but she was with me all the way. Although when I went shopping and I knew I could hear, I could hear her voice right now, that was your grandmother, your grandmother, <laughs> like your grandmother went shopping with you. <laughs> like you're not me. Cause I'm always yeah. not a shopper, but even aside from that trip, um, my sister was going through our mother's clothes. And she sent me a picture and said, yours are mine. It was my childhood lovey. My mom had tucked my childhood lovey in her things. And she, my first birthday without her, my mom had this tradition when we were little where she would come in and sing, happy birthday to you. And she did this like little dance thing and whatnot. And the first birthday I had without her, I was in church and I was called, the priest said, who has a Valentine's birthday? And my birthday is February 15th. And it was me and the man next to me. He was the 14th. And so we went onto the altar. He gave us each a box of chocolates and then turned to the congregation and said, you know, I think we could sing. And the whole congregation of a hundred plus people sang happy birthday to me and this man. And I knew it was my mom. And then the other sign she sent me when I was going through her things, I was looking for this rosary. So Paris, Italy and Paris are my two favorite places in the world. Like, I just love it. I go every year to both. Like I, it's my sanity. And during one of my trips to, to Paris, it was actually my third trip to Paris. 
And I bought my mom a rosary from Notre Dame. Notre Dame is one of my favorite places in the world. I, even now with it being under construction, I still always walk by like every time I'm there, I have to. And so I was looking for it. And of course the funny story is, and you'll appreciate this is like, so when I got back to the States after that trip, I had it blessed by the priest after mass. And so Christmas morning, my mom opens up this rosary and gives me the look. I'm like, it's blessed, relax. I had it blessed. You know, it's such an, a Catholic thing to be like, holy water and yeah. everywhere. And, uh, and so when I was looking for it, I couldn't find it. And I asked my sister, I said, you know, I was looking for this rosary. I gave mom, I got it in Paris, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, can you describe it to me? I started describing it. And she said, it's with mom when we were going through, when she and our brother were going through um, her outfit, we, she said, we found it and we thought it was really beautiful. And we put it with her. And I knew, I knew it was mom. Mm -hmm. I knew it was mom guiding her. And I was just even more touched because not only was it something I gave her, it was something I gave her from one of my favorite places in the world. And the fact that she's lying lying in her place she's she's up above she has that rosary that i that i chose for her that i gave to her and so that's the beauty of the healing so with the books yeah, definitely and yeah. i yeah she definitely has inspired them and it, the irony of still share really fast i know we're going over time is okay. that oh i'm sorry go ahead please go ahead. one last I, share one last share, share. i'm sorry one last share. Finale share. my family well, share i know Except i have two more questions for you so you can share and then We'll go, we'll wrap it up. Oh, oh gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. I didn't mean to it's like okay. not be respectful. It's okay. Listen. We have a safe so space for you to do this. Just keep I going. Know, right. Thank you. The other, um, so one of our fights in this life was my mom was a, a, a lifelong teacher. Very good at what she did. Loved, loved teaching very, um, and I am not a teacher personality. I'm not a box personality. And that was one of our biggest fights and other family members and family friends would gang up on me and be like, why aren't you listening to your mom? Why aren't you a teacher? I'm like, I'm not a teacher. So with writing my books, I joke in um, my acknowledgements. I say, you know, we, my mom always wanted to be a teacher, but here I am writing and illustrating my ch children's series. So I think we reached a healthy compromise. So, <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I mean, oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> um, I think, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful way to honor your mother because you are a teacher and you're teaching in your own way. Yeah. So you're amazing. Where can people find you if they want to dive into your books or like just be part of your world? Oh, absolutely. So my website is www.triplecokl.com. I always have a pop-up uh, freebie. I have a gift for your audience. I have a Valentine's coloring drawing um, oh, I that I'd love it. to share. Coloring is a great, especially when we're going through our healing, coloring is a great thing to do just to like release our energies and to be able to communicate more effectively with others. And I am on Instagram and Facebook and all those fun things. So I'll share all of those links with you. And yeah, I'm excited for you guys to see my books. And I, I do, I'm a blogger as well. I write two different blogs. I just started a podcast as well. And so, yes, yeah, so a lot of uh, amazing things that I would love to share with you and your audience. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll put all the links in the show notes. I invite you to Christina's world and Christina, you know, this conversation was so beautiful on so many different levels. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to what it's like to lose a mom and probably found some parallels and yeah you know, for someone who maybe is going through it in the future, this could be a really beautiful resource for them. What yeah. advice do you have for someone who has just lost their mother? I would say, you know, I always say take time for yourself. 
listen to your heart and soul. I think um, something that I do in my healing process is I'm part of ACA, Adult Children of Alcoholics, and I go to meetings weekly. And I recommend those kinds of meetings because you deal with both your inner child and your critical parent. And I find grief. Our little kids and our critical parents tend to come out and not always in the prettiest of ways. And the other beauty, and I imagine there are grief meetings that are similar structures. The reason why I say ACA too is because we have a very strong crosstalk policy, meaning that we don't give advice. We don't crosstalk on shares. And there's something really beautiful about being in a space like we are in right now, where we can be very vulnerable and share whatever we need to share, but we don't have people giving us advice. Mm -hmm. People are genuinely there listening. And so even if ACA isn't right for you, finding your way to a group of people that will simply listen and not give, because I, again, we talked about it before, before we start recording, there is something about, yes, when people give advice is is usually met from a place of love and generosity, but sometimes we really just need to listen to each other. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need the quiet just to listen and have it. And you've created this space for me today, which I am so grateful for, just a space for me to be vulnerable and you listening to me and sharing. And it's funny because one of my closest friends is um, is Orthodox Jewish. And I always joke because her his kids call me Auntie Christina. And I always joke, I'm the Italian aunt from Queens. Like <laughs> I was like the Gentile, like the Gentile. But the reason why Moses and I are still are, have been good friends since the very beginning is because of that space of openness and that space of listening and relatability. And, you know, same thing with my childhood friend that I, I mentioned, you know, it's like through my healing work, you know, and even before my healing work, I've been lucky that I've had people in my life that are open grades. I have people that do give me advice and I have to block that out and figure that out. It's, it's not perfect, but that would be my biggest piece of guidance is finding your way into a group, whether it be ACA or a grief support group where it's designed for people to listen to you and for you to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And that crosstalk policy, and I imagine other groups have it. I just know ACA. That's like, cause yeah. that's like my, that's my like solid, consistent healing, healing rock that in my big red book. Yeah. And um, the crosstalk is like a game changer, that rule. I can't, it's amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, find a space where, you know, you have space to talk. And I think that's beautiful advice. Bonus question. Remind us of your mother's name. Linda. 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 Linda Marie Pisa was her maiden name. She took on my father's name, Andrews. So that's why I legally, I'm an Andrews. But so I, Linda. Well, yeah. this is for Linda. You made her proud today. So I want to thank you so much for coming on Radical Resilience and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure to be here. You're welcome. And then thank you to everyone who tuned in for another episode. You know, we do this every week. Fridays, we drop into your ears and share stories and advice. And, you know, we laugh, we cry and everything in between. We have opened applications for the Global Resilience Project book number two. If you are wanting to share your story with our community in a printed book, you can go to the show notes, click the link. You can all go to the website, theglobalresilienceproject.com, and you can follow that process there if you want to have a meeting with me and talk about it. 
We can, we only have 125 spots available, but just remember it is okay to not be okay. Life is hard. Life is beautiful. It's challenging. Let us be the light at the end of the tunnel or the lighthouse in the storm. You got this, my friends. You are resilient. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.